Welcome to another episode of On the Highway. I'm your host, Megan Anderson, and each week we bring you an expert in the mortgage and real estate realm. You can learn how to navigate the housing and real estate highway to take your business to the next level. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now let's get driving. Welcome to another MBS Highway live monthly webinar. I'm one of your hosts, Megan Anderson, along with Barry Habib. And today's guest, he's the $21.7 billion man and highest paid marketing consultant. He is a proven business leader and top executive coach in the United States. He's also the founder and CEO of the Abraham Group, spending his entire career solving complex problems and fixing underperforming businesses. He has significantly increased the bottom lines of over 10,000 clients in more than 1,000 industries and over 7,200 sub-industries worldwide. He has dealt with virtually every type of business scenario and issue. He has studied and solved almost every type of business question and challenge. And today, he's going to help us navigate this challenging market. Join me in welcoming Jay Abraham. Hey. Very good seeing you, Megan. It's been a while. It's good to come back. Uh, interesting times for everybody at every profession, including yours. So I'm putty in your hands. Have at me. Well, Jay, it's so nice to see you again, my dear friend. It's been it's been a minute since we had dinner. Uh, really appreciate uh, having the time with you today. So we're going to be joined by lots of wonderful mortgage professionals that you know, many of them have a good amount of experience. They've seen some difficult environments, some tough markets, but the market we're in right now, it's very challenging. You know, you're you're faced with a few few different issues. One is that because rates have moved up so quickly, you know, thanks to the Fed's mishandling of the economy, we've seen a very rapid rise. There's a lot of past clients who have rates at very attractive levels, many of them, most of them under 4%. So to get them to refinance is a difficult task. Now there's good equity in homes, so people can consolidate debt and do it that way. So that's a possibility. But also it makes for some challenges on the purchase side. Very little inventory. So we're seeing fewer transactions. People that are interested in moving up and want to move up are not only faced with a low inventory challenge, but now they'd be relinquishing a lower rate and moving to a significantly higher rate, increasing their payment. There's also so much activity that, so much interest, I should say, that there are three bids for every listing that's out there. More than a third are bid over asking price. So people are wrestling with the fact, should I bid over asking price? We're also seeing the media pound us saying that the market's going to crash. We know it's not. And then, of course, there is one more where people say, well, I'm going to wait for rates to come down. So they're sitting on the fence waiting for rates to come down. So I just wanted to set the table for the environment that these really good and gifted and talented and successful mortgage professionals are trying to navigate in today's market. Yeah, well, <laughs> one of the wonderful things about my career, Barry, and everybody, at, at, but apologies for my voice today, is that people don't usually call me in when everything's good. I tend to be the man that comes in and tries to untangle the Gordian knot. And you just depicted, uh, you know, quite a complex one, but uh, maybe I can help give some perspective that I have uh, observed over many, 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 many cycles of everything from 
inflation, recession, everything. I've been around, uh, as you know, a very long time. So do you want me to do sort of spontaneous? Do you want to ask me? How do you, I don't know how you currently do well, this. Well, well, why don't you just roll with some perspective and just some general things? And then between Megan and I and some of the chat that'll be going on, we'll, we'll you know, Megan and I will monitor the chat. We'll try and get what the, what the audience is kind of thinking of. Yeah, I'll do a rat tat tat, and then I'll take a breather, and then you can come at me, ask for clarity. Uh, and and by the way, I say argue. I don't mean argue in a in a, in a negative way. I mean if I have a wrong perspective or I need some context, I'm just here to serve. So uh, the first thing is just a, a you know anytime a market gets tough, unless it's really really an anomaly anomaly. There's still business being done by somebody. So you got to remember that somebody is still buying, refining, you know, upgrading, downgrading, getting divorced. All these things are still happening and you can't stop it. So, and, and by the way, Jay, I just want to underscore what you said with some real numbers for you is that there's still 1.3 million refinances expected to be done this year and purchase transactions about 4.8 million, of which 3.6 will have a mortgage. So there's, there's a lot of opportunity out there. There's somewhere in the neighborhood of 4.9 million mortgage applications that'll be out there. So just to underscore the exact point you made. Again, so that, thank you so much. And I love I love quantification because it only it impacts people. What I've found also in tough times is the marginal people can't last anyhow. They're gone. Or if they're not gone, they're so... Uh, they're so uh, dysfunctional that they're they're almost not relevant. So if you say the first thing is you've got to be the one that gets the business that is happening. That's first. I'm going to start with macro and then we can go as much micro as time has allows. And I can always be available for more if you need it. And I can give you stuff to give them anything you want. So the first thing is I always do is say, what's it take for you to get preemptive access to the deals that are going on? and uh, you know, I mean, there's lots of people that teach all these things, you know, how to have a unique selling proposition, et cetera, et cetera. The first thing that I try to do with people that I help, and I've helped tons of, of realtors over the years, and I have a private client that's a boutique mortgage. And by the way, what we're doing is we have set out as our target, all the builders who are building homes, and we're having very good relations with them. But what I'm doing for those people, and this is a little bit of a tangent, but I am ADD, is most of these builders are terrible marketers. They build a lot of developments. Let me shut the door. I've got people that's building some people. Most of the builders that are building developments, you know, they're terrible marketers. Their salespeople aren't good. Their ads are terrible. And I'm giving my client help in helping the builders be better so that they will favor us for being the only one that's trying to not parasitically take advantage of them. That's a longer discussion, but just hold that into abeyance. So uh, we do a lot of things. So if you say, where are all these transactions going to come from? And the answer is everywhere. So you start by saying, who's got influence that no one thinks about? Now, I'm going to give you a very enlightened concept to start, and then I'll give you some more. I'll call them uh, linear ones that are more congruent with your industry. So here's the more enlightened. 
if you think about any city anyone lives in, large or small, there are usually tons of entrepreneurs, business owners, professionals, services, shops, you name it. If you think about the time when there were these things called bookstores, Barry and everybody, if you went into a bookstore, you would see long rows of books on psychology, parenting, relationships, sexuality, hobbies, uh, cooking. And then you'd go to the back and there'd be this very tiny little space called business. And it would have some books on marketing and some books on selling and maybe strategy and maybe advertising. And a very few number of people would buy that. Now, I'm telling you that as a prelude to this enlightened concept, because I've done it and it works very well. I've shared it with tons of people. Nobody does it. The ones that I have as clients do it, it blows up. So it's very powerful, preemptive move, but I got to give you context before I give you strategy. So if you think about 90% of the people in small, medium businesses, they didn't go in those businesses to really optimize their wealth or their prosperity. They went into it either as a means of not working for someone else or as a reaction to some life issue. But I'm telling you that because they're not formally trained in how to grow a business, how to get more buyers, how to get buyers to buy more, how to get them to come back more often, how to get them to refer, which I'll tie back to in a little while for you, for your people. But if you realize that if you, and there's all kinds of basic knowledge out there that nobody teaches. I, as an example, have 97 categories, not, not, not just techniques, but categories. Some have 21 techniques within them for blowing up profit without increasing at all investment or risk. But most people don't even know things like that. Telling you this because if you, as a mortgage, whatever your title banker, agent, whatever the titular designation is, I've done this, it works wonderfully. You go into your community. You go to every ethical, small, medium business owner out there and profession. You introduce yourself. Or if you don't want to do this, you hire someone to represent you. They represent you. They say, you, Barry, are, uh, are an entrepreneur, a shop owner, a doctor that we think uh, is a is a significant contributor to our community. We're very committed to our community long term. We have been. We plan on doing what we do for a long, long time. We want to make sure your business, your practice keeps growing and going and growing no matter what happens in the economy. So if you will allow, we would like to contribute to your growth by sharing with you an enormous and a continuum of knowledge and understanding, education, training, that will help your business thrive more. And you say, we're doing it basically because we play a long game. No one else does. We want to be a contributor to your growth because we know as we do, and as you learn about us, me, my business, or my, my colleague's business, you will see that we are one of the good guys too. We operate with a higher, uh, a higher professionalism. We care more, do more, protect more, do everything in our power to give uh, the clients we serve, a greater outcome, greater rates, whatever it is. But we're not asking for anything now, except for that you let us help you and you start to really understand us. Now, and then what you do, assuming they say yes, and if they say no, I, I can give you 9 million ways to overcome it, but most aren't going to say no, because nobody's ever offered to help grow them. And I'll tell you a very interesting story that confirms the power of this in a minute. But then 
you can share with them. This is like the one-eyed man in the land of the blind. You can share with these people fundamental stuff they've never been exposed to. It doesn't have to be sophisticated stuff like I'm paid hundreds of thousands of dollars to do. They don't understand anything. They understand the three ways to grow a business. They understand the fundamentals of trust building. They don't understand how to do qualitative ethical upselling, downselling. They don't understand follow-up. They don't understand referral generation. All you they don't understand management. They don't understand how to relieve stress. You can do all these wonderful things on a sequence basis over a regular period. You disseminate audio, video. You don't have to buy anything. There's plenty of cool things on YouTube that no one else would look at. Almost anybody, myself included, give away great stuff. I'll give a, a bunch of stuff to you. You don't have to even go to my website. I'll give them to you. You can put them on your web. But if you do this correctly, every week you can have yourself, if you have no one else to talk to, or you can have an operative do this, you can go to 30, 40, 50 different enterprises every week. And the vast majority will accept it each one of which has 200, 500, 1,000 different clients, patients, customers, guests that they are serving. Over the course of a few months, you have created the ultimate preemptive referral distribution network that nobody else has. And I have seen this explode people's businesses because then what you do is you program benevolently, ethically, not covertly, these referral people to know what to look for because referrals are a byproduct of what do they call it, the reticular activating system. Most people, and I'll tell you three of our stories that get into referrals in a minute, but I'm just giving you a, a very enlightened, then I'll give you more concrete stuff that is germane to the way that probably your normal uh, mortgage person would think, but this is the most enlightened thing I've ever done. And it kills over a few periods because when you are the only contributor, you blow up the business. Now, let me give you a validation of this. Many years, and you, you've known of me for a long time. For 15, 20 years, I used to travel the world doing very expensive and extensive seminars. I was in China 30 times, Japan 25 Singapore, about the same, Vietnam, Bali, uh, Thailand, UK, Italy, all these places. And when I used to go to China, I'd go every three or four months before the relationships got strained to help the real quality entrepreneurs. And one guy kept coming to all my seminars. And when he started, he had the number nine candy company in China. And he came to my seminars ostensibly to learn how to really market his candy company better. But after about the third seminar, he shifted his paradigm and he realized there were 60,000 mom and pop uh, little candy stores all over China. And none of them knew anything about anything about business. They were just families that you know did it to make a living. And he decided instead of trying to market his company, his salespeople would go to them and say, we want to be the only candy company that helps you grow your business. And if we help you get more uh, buyers, get them to buy more ethically, teach them how to come back more, show you how to, how to use you know, that opportunity to make more money, sell more things, show you things you could be doing uh, that would be very beneficial to them, but they'd love to pay you for it. You make you know, in your business doubles. Even if we don't get one percentage point more of your business, our business will double. And then we hope maybe if we're the only one 
trying to contribute. Everyone else is trying to take advantage of everything. Maybe you'll give us more. They went from number nine to number one, doing that in 12 months. Hershey's candy bought, I think the legal amount was 49% 10 years ago for $500 million. It is a very powerful strategy, and most people don't do it, get it, but it's killer. So that's one thing you can do. So you want to comment before I go into more things? Yeah, so a couple of things. One, as you said, you know, there are people leaving the business. That's true. There was a, um, there's a group that non-bank personnel, it's gone from 160,000 to about 90,000, which is sad that people are leaving. But yeah, you do have to have a strategy to remain in. And, you know, when we've seen these downturns before, the other side of it is usually very good. So you have to figure out a way to remain in, in this industry so that you can reap the rewards. There's a lot of seeds being planted now. But when I started in my career, Jay, I, I, I got into the business, you know, wet behind the ears and real estate agents were not likely to give some new kid on the block a referral shot. They already had relationships. They didn't want to take a chance maybe uh, and risking that I wouldn't do a good job. <clears throat> so with that, I actually went out and did some of the things you're saying. I, I knocked on doors. I spoke to people, but I found that going to some of the business owners, whether they be a dentist or a landscaper or a hair cutter or pizza shop or whatever it was, it was exactly that, is by introducing myself, telling what I do, talking a little bit about what the opportunities were out there, that they opened up their databases to me. And uh, and I also offered to say, look, you know, I would certainly in this community refer people back to them. And so I, I can tell you firsthand the strategy that you just talked about, maybe it slightly varies exactly from what you explained. But yes, I think that that community, you know, grassroots relationship can definitely be beneficial, and it worked for me personally. Well, if you do it on steroids, it's unimaginably bad. And now let me give you one more uh, variation, and then I'll get into some more uh, linear stuff. So many people out there, I would imagine, know what a leads group is. I think BNI, there's a couple different kinds, and you pay a couple, three, $4,000 a year, and then there's groups of 30 non-competitive businesses, and they get together once, uh, whatever, month or week, and they tell each other what they're doing. And in the course of doing that, supposedly, each uh, each company, each member gets 30, 40 good leads or referrals or deals a year. And they claim that it's worth, you know, tens or hundreds of thousands of dollars. And I've had a lot of people that I've had in large groups that I've done group stuff that have affirmed that. But I always say, well, okay, if that's true, why are you limiting yourself to being a, a cog in the wheel if you can be the hub? Why don't you create your own leads groups, but not create one? Have 20, where you are the leader, you go and you put all groups together, you benefit them, and you are the focal hub, and they're always seeing you as their benefactor. So that's another variation of that that I've done that works killer. And it's very different. It's a preemptive move, sort of stealth. So that's another one, Barry. It's a variation, but it's very powerful because you're in their life once a month. And if it's too much for you, you can hire someone to do it, and you just sort of zoom in occasionally to keep the tether on the fact that you are it's not your underling it's you and make sure your underling i don't know if it's enforceable has a non-compete because when you see how powerful these kind of things are and by the way the number and i'm not saying this to be arrogant the number is over 50 billion dollars of profit increases now and 80 percent of the drivers of that have been non-linear thinking like i'm talking about 
not things everybody else does. But you have to understand, and I, and I learned this years ago, true breakthroughs will never come from within an industry for two reasons. One is if everyone's doing the same thing as everybody else, plus or minus you know, 10, 20%, you can only expect incremental uh, incremental growth. Tony says this about me all the time, but if you learn how to do stuff no one in your industry is doing, and you're the only one in your geography, your market, your, your niche doing it, you have a huge advantage because you stand out, you impact deeper. So, and if you think about it, just to affirm this, fiber optics, Barry, that was created for, uh, well, it was it was the, the, the transformer of telecommunications was not developed by a telecommunication came from aerospace and was borrowed. FedEx borrowed what's called the hub and spoke check clearing system that came from uh, uh, Federal Reserve banks to clear checks overnight uh, so they wouldn't be ba- bouncing checks. And they created a whole industry. Uh, Viagra came from heart medicine. Rogaine came from pimple medicine. The most successful baby buggy manufacturer in the world. It does $300 million, uses the collapsible gear from airplanes. So, and and if you think about best practices, and I'm not knocking best practices, they have a value, but if you're the first one to learn it for a little window, you have an advantage, but sooner or later, everybody learns all the best practices, so they end up being standard operating procedure, and they really don't give you any advantage. You got to do it just for the basics. So back at the ranch, first thing I said is- By, By the way, what's the old saying? Who, whoever invented fish, whoever invented water, it wasn't fish, right? So it's, it's they're all it's all around you, but it's got to come from someone's outsides. I love it. Thank you, sir. Uh, so the next thing is you need to basically develop referral strategies. Now I'm going to give you a concept, and I think I have some. I, I have expensive programs on it, but I have some inexpensive. I'll be happy to give you one or two of them. You can put them up on your site. I don't need to have to reach anybody because. I do a lot of this stuff just for contribution, but let's take a really interesting, uh, if I could do this, I can't because we're doing it through, well, we could if you had a screen with everybody on it. So when I do Tony's, and Tony and I just did one of our annual days together for his platinum partners and his lions, maybe there's 500 people in the room. So I'll say to everybody, okay, how many people in this room get between 20 and 100% of their business from referrals or word of mouth. And so everybody will almost stand up. And then I'll go around the room and randomly say, okay, just tell me the percentage of dollars. It's pretty profound. 20%, 500,000, 80%, 4 million. A little company might say 100%, uh, 500,000. And I'll say, okay, all of you remain standing only if, it's very important, you have in place right now at least one formalized, systematized, ongoing, fully uh, adhered to referral generating strategy that you apply all the time. 95% sit down. I'll say two strategies. 95% of the 5% sit down. Three, everyone sits down. Then I'll say, okay, let me ask you a different question. This is for your people. It's not me trying to be theatrical. It's trying to make a very profound and a very indelible point. Then I'll say, okay, how many of you who just sat down spend any money on Facebook, on grocery carts, on anything that is a cost for advertising? And almost everybody raises their hand. And I'll say, okay, have you ever thought about the fact that that is designed at best to get you the outer periphery of trust 
that takes an enormous amount of time, effort, energy to convert to, to commitment and then commitment to transaction. And even in transaction, there's not total trust, whereas a referral generated buyer buys and almost immediately negotiates less, uh, trusts almost it, it emphatically, uh, is more enjoyable to deal with, stays longer, does more transactions, refers more people, costs you nothing. Now, that's stated because I've worked with over a thousand industries, Barry, and everyone, I've been able to isolate over 100, I think it's 125 or more, separate referral generating systems or strategies that different companies have used in different industries to drive enormous amounts of ongoing, consistent referrals. Nobody can do 125, that's going to be 25. But if you don't even have one that you adhere to and you only added three right now, that could exponentially blow up your market. Now I'm going to tell you one more story, and it's an important one, and then I'll get to some other stuff. And I hope this has value. So many years ago, before you ever probably knew of me, I had a very successful newsletter subscription publishing company. We were the largest in our sector, and I was the largest credit card uh, mer merchant for our local bank. Our local bank manager would always take me to lunch every two weeks, and she was a hot-looking divorcee, so I enjoyed going to lunch with her. And she would always lament to me that she wanted so badly to have dates and she'd ask everybody and nobody ever got her a date. And she would commence to say this almost every time we'd have lunch. I'm looking at her. She was attractive, interesting, great personality, you know, very intelligent, fun, you know, just very, very nice lady. And after about five of these laments, I said, okay, I'm going to help you. The reason nobody is referring to you at the level you want or at all is you're not painting a clear enough concrete picture of who the person is, where the person is, and why that person would be someone they'd want to connect. I said, why don't you go back after lunch and for the next week, everybody that's not getting you any dates, why don't you say that maybe the reason is that you've never helped them see who they know that they should be introducing you to, and then tell them who he is, where he is, what he looks like. He's a professional. He's 35 to 50. You know, he may have been married and divorced, but you know a little bit about it. It was not because he beat his wife or was an alcoholic or was a philanderer that, that the guy is, drinks a little, not a lot, doesn't smoke, has got good, I mean, he, I depicted everything, where it would be. Your, your former neighbor, your former brother-in-law, your church member, the blah, 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 blah. I gave her all these things. That was, then we talked about business. The next time I saw her, which was not surprising to me, she goes, you know, I did what you said. And I said, great, what happened? She had, I had eight dates, eight dates from zero. That's the power of being strategic about this kind of stuff, Barry. A comment? So I'm, I'm, I'm good friends with Patrick Bet David. and um that's exactly what he did to meet his wife patrick bet david um put a list together of exactly what he wanted and once he had that clarity he was able to uh, attain it so it's a very very interesting story i remember uh, i remember him telling me that so uh, it's interesting that you bring it up different variable this is you know but i guess it all starts with being clear about what you want but yeah 
Um, I, I hear it all the time, Jay. I hear uh, people will say, if you know anyone, well, anyone is no one, you know? Uh, so so I would I would never, when I was originating, I would never say, if you know anyone, I would try to trigger some things in their brain. If you have a coworker, if you have a relative who is looking, because then when you mention more specific things, you know, I'd really try and get specific. Is there somebody at work you sit close to? Um, because then they start, if I say, if there's somebody at work you sit close to, and I know some people work from anywhere, you, you then start to actually imagine the people you sit next to. You know, if, if it's, you know, you're, you're, if I say, oh, you know, do you have a brother or sister? Well, you know, most of us, if we have brothers and sisters, it's not, you know, hundreds, it's, you know, a couple of them. So it's easy to see that person. And then right away, someone can come to mind of who it is. So uh, I completely agree that you have to have tremendous clarity and make that clear to someone that you're looking to ask a referral from. Yeah, and, and the thing that I think most people don't acknowledge is, and this is so simple, but it's so powerful, change is constant. <laughs> you can't stop change. You can't stop change. And that's wonderful for your audience because that's the greatest, that's the greatest opportunity they have. You can't stop change. And when you realize it, it's powerful, but you know you have to learn how to harness and harvest change. And most people don't have a clue, Barry. So continue it. If you decide that transactions haven't evaporated and they haven't totally eviscerated, so the question is, what do you have to do or be? What value? I mean, the idea of asking value, of giving value is, is such an amorphous concept. What does value mean to you vis-a-vis -vis me? One of the things I have always done at our seminars, when I don't do seminars anymore, but when I used to do them, was I would try to show people that if there were a thousand people in the room, there were a thousand different interpretations of everything that was being said because they none of them had the same experience the same definition, the same mental visual of even a word. And unless you're in alignment, you're out of alignment with people. So if you want to add value in a, in a market like this, the first thing is what can you bring to somebody that they truly would not just recognize as value, but would benefit really importantly. Now, let me give you something that probably no one else has ever thought about with the influencers that are out there that you may or may not have a uh, compensated, not a compensated where they're paying you, but a, a flow, a sourcing relationship. Every human being in business, whether a realtor, whether a builder, whether they're anything, they are a man or a woman, a husband or a wife or a friend or a father, a mother, lover, doesn't matter whether they're, uh, uh, you know, whether they're, you know, heterosexual, homosexual, go both ways, doesn't matter whether they, you know, they have children or not, they have hopes, they have dreams, they have stress, they have financial issues, they have health issues. All of those more holistic things are things that you can focus on that no one else does. Let me give you an example of that. Uh, do you know Joe Polish, Barry? I don't think I do, no. Well, Joe Polish runs a very large networking uh, organization called Genius Network. And many years ago, he always has a 
annual, you may have an annual, I don't know, and he had it as annual, uh, both Tony Robbins and Peter Diamandis together in a discussion. And it was quite profound. It was talking about technology, achievement, performance, values, happiness, all kinds of integrated things that that, it, that transcend the human condition. And uh, after he did it, Tony uh, had told Joe he could never use it again for because he was only using it for this one application. And I got to see it and I said, that makes no sense. So I called Tony and said, Tony, this is such a powerful showcase for you. Everybody should see it. That, that's first thing. So then I went to a bunch of people. He said, okay. So then I went to a bunch of people who typically only share with their audience either their commentary, that them, or about that topic. And I made the same comment. And I said, I think if you shared this with your audience, it'll blow your mind. They will not believe how interesting it'll be. And I persuaded only two people to do it. And they sent out a link to this video. And it was the absolute most popular thing they'd ever done. One more story. I like storytelling. Many years ago, we had a dental, uh, a dental uh, product distributing company uh, regionally that was trying to grow. And, and cutting prices, it really wasn't the answer because you can only, you can only shave a couple of mils off of floss and things. So we took a different approach. The approach we took was we wanted to deal with holistic elements for dentists. All these things I'm talking about. So we would, there were only about, uh, I think, six, 700 dentists in the target area that we were after. So we would buy books on weight loss, on stress management, on finances. We would send them with really cool cover letters saying, I don't know if you're like me, but I'm under a lot of stress right now. And it was really taking a toll on my concentration, my blood pressure. And I, I, I read this book or I saw this website or whatever. And it tied to the human condition. And if you do things like that, that no one else would consider doing because they're so fixated on their just narrow topic, you bring a dimension of value that people don't even ever know. And when you do that, you connect at a deeper level. And that got us a massive, massive, massive amount of business because we were the only ones trying to look at all the issues affecting their dental uh, life and career, not just where they buy floss and drill bits from us. Comment? I have a few things that I want to say. One, you know, everyone on this call, I think sometimes defining your value and what you bring to the table can be a challenge. But first and foremost, everyone on this call, you guys, you bring value. You watch the MBS Highway Morning Update video every single day. You know the challenges that are going on in the market, and you have the tools to turn those challenges that real estate agents are seeing into opportunities. And so if you're not doing that, that is a beautiful, beautiful place to ultimately start with the tools that you have. And I love that you're getting our wheels turning and you're thinking about all these things. I have a question for you. You know, you're really big out there in the marketing world. And I'm curious because everyone in this industry, everyone in the world has been talking a lot about AI. How do you see AI being part of kind of a marketing strategy? Well, you know, AI, and, and remind me before, I mean, if we're almost done, then and, and I want to talk about being preeminent and how, uh, and how, how uh, it's a very powerful distinction that most people don't really understand. But AI is going to basically be the greatest 
the greatest ally or enemy. You have to learn how to use it. You have to use it to understand your market better. You can use it to articulate better. You can use it to create better. We have a uh, mastermind, and in it is uh, is this really brilliant man. And he uses AI to do his podcast, to write his books, to do his research. If you're not on chat GPT, and there's there's many more now, and there's also all kinds of sub apps, and you're not using it to expand your your um, your persona in your market, to leverage your communication, to develop and articulate your uh, your distinction, to understand the mindset of the market. I mean, I've had it for. We were doing some research trying to say, okay, I want to counter program everybody out there who is doing a mastermind. What are the big reasons people don't like? What are the reasons they leave? What are the reasons they don't join? What does it take to get them? You can ask all these cool questions. If you've never had a lesson on AI, you guys should probably create it. The key to it is the prompts and the specificity and not, it's it's like anything else. You have to hold AI, ChatGPT to a higher standard and not accept the first or the second iteration. And you have to keep going deeper, deeper and challenging it. And you have to realize sometimes it lies if it doesn't have the right answer. I mean, if if everyone isn't using it, playing around with it, experimenting, using it to become more knowledgeable, to gain more insight, to understand the mind of their market, to be able to know what to say and offer that no one else is, to overcome resistance, to penetrate market. If you said how, I mean, if you said chat GTP, I can't get uh, the realtors to recommend me. What are other people doing? You can ask so many cool questions of it, but you got to keep going deeper and deeper. So that's a very simplistic answer. Yeah, we will be doing a course on that in the CMA renewal content for anyone that wants to check that out as well. But my question for you now is you have a book coming out. Can you tell us a little bit about that book? And you have a free live event happening on September 23rd, which is coming up at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Sure. It's a really cool book that is been, we took two years to do this and it's a, it's a dramatic shift in my mind from almost everything I've ever done. And more importantly, from my own financial management uh, beliefs. So I'll give you the background real quickly. I want to be very respectful and thank you very much for asking about it. That, that honors me and I'm appreciative. So I have been for for decades all over the world, growing businesses, multiplying and and boosting and exploding profit and helping a lot of people build the businesses to make a lot more income and sell them. I have a colleague who spends all his time teaching people how to acquire businesses instead of just grow them through great marketing or selling or advertising. And he's got two different paths. Path one is, and it's really interesting. He says, why start a business from scratch when it has a one in 20 first year and one in 10 five-year success rate, when in fact you can acquire an underperforming business that has broken through that validation, but it's underperforming. And he's got 200 ways to do it, most of which are not 
owner finance. There's all kinds of rather uh, inventive ways to get other people highly motivated to finance it for you. And then I have 97 different categories, not just techniques, categories. Some have 20, 30 techniques within them for blowing up profit. And then he says, then you exit for what he calls an epic exit and a massive payday. So that's one. The other, which is actually I like because I'm not from the startup world very much. The other is if you own a business of any kind, why would you limit growth just to you know, selling, referrals, et cetera, when concurrently you can acquire competitors? You can also acquire products or services people buy before, during, after, instead. And instead is interesting. If you don't get the business, you can compete against yourself. may not apply to your, your market. Next is you can acquire access vehicles. Podcasts, discussion groups, URLs, blogs, sales forces, phone numbers. And, and the concept is you take something that's not worth very much, you get control of it without using much or any of your own money. You blow up its profitability, and which makes it certainly worth more, but it also brings it to a higher multiple and for people that don't understand it any business that would be sellable would be sellable for some multiple of profit or revenue depending on who's buying it but when you get to a much higher level the multiple gets much higher if it's more significant so it's a book on thinking totally different about wealth creation the whole thing that rocked me about it was the subtitle how to earn the income or wealth of a lifetime every three to five years. It turned out, I mean, it's 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 not a it's a light book in meaning it's easy to understand, but it's not you know, 150 pages of superficiality. It's 447 pages. It's got charts. It's got case studies. It's got it's got uh, dramatic, illustrative examples of how to blow up profitability with no investment or risk. To show you, and I'm very flattered about this, to show you how significant it is, Tony Robbins wrote a five-page foreword, which is exquisite and amazing. Damon John from Shark Tank wrote a uh, three-page introduction. There's a gentleman who's very uh, significant in entrepreneurial circles. His name is Gino Wickman. He did something called EOS, Entrepreneur's Operating System, and wrote a book called Traction, who did... The uh, preface, Barbara Corcoran from Shark Tank did the uh, did an endorsement. It's a really cool book. And on the 23rd, we're doing a formal announcement where we're going to basically introduce the book, make it available, talk much deeper about it. And, and because Roland and I are doing the book, not uh, 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 you know to sell a lot of products, he and I really want deal flow. We want to get involved with a small number of business, we can actually blow up and get people to either want us to help or refer things to us. So we're going to incentivize people with thousands of dollars of incentive just to get them to buy the book and read it and do something with it, knowing that the majority aren't going to benefit us, but everything comes back. So it's pretty cool. And I love things that are nonlinear, but are so much more logical and powerful than that most people even even think about or or, or uh, or uh, understand or really operate their lives without really taking advantage of. So that's it and probably a little bit of a, uh, of, of a protracted answer. 
Jay, Barry, everyone on this call, I want to thank you for your time today. And just thank you so much for the words of wisdom. Thank you, Jay. Thank you, Jay.